It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires. I'm the host of this podcast. And today um, I get to hang out with Andrea Olson. Andrea, how's it going? It's going great. I love summer. So yes. it's heavy. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you're in Minnesota where it's beautiful. And so in you're not not as excited about the at the winter as it is the right. summer. There's, you know, there's a thing. Um that's awesome. The uh tell us tell us about you. Kind of, kind of and everything Andrea and kind of what you're doing and where you're from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so like you said, I'm from Minnesota and I'm married to my husband, Gabe. We actually will celebrate 18 years in September. Um, and we have three girls. We're homeschool family. And awesome. yeah, just love that we get to uh, do that part of life together. And I am a worship leader and worship leader coach through a ministry that I started called overflow worship about nine, almost 10 years ago. And really the heart of overflow worship is to come alongside of worship leaders in volunteer supported ministries. And really specifically where I, I love to serve is those new worship leaders or newly positioned worship leaders who are really looking to establish those foundations and, you know, are just at that point where they are super excited and full of passion and zeal to get started, but also feeling like there's a lot that I don't know. Yes. And I feel like I'm like, you know, just kind of drowning in different things that I had no idea that this was going to come at me. And so I love to come alongside of them and just say, Hey, like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, you know, I can, I can help you um, walk through that. So we have, you know, in-person events and conferences, and then we have a membership site called overflow worship leaders online, where we have, um, you know, tools and resources and community events there as well. Oh, I love that so much. And I love I love the name Overflow Worship. It just kind of like uh, just describes what you're doing mm -hmm. kind of just from like from that space. You go, yes, I, I understand. I understand where you're going and what you're doing. And I love that you have a heart for young worship leaders because that's um, everybody needs that person to kind of help them come along and guide them through the process as they're launching into whatever the new space that they're in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the unique uh things that I've, I've come across in the last several years is, you know, when somebody has maybe been a worship leader before, but they're going into a new position in a new ministry, or, you know, maybe it's like they're going from a big church to a small church or a small church to a big church. And so there's also that new component as well. That is really fun to, you know, step in and come alongside of people because, you know, they might have the music thing down, but it's like, it's a whole different ball game, you know, stepping into a, a smaller church when you're used to a bigger church, or maybe you've just been a volunteer and they asked you to be on staff. And all of a sudden you're like, I got to create all these processes. How do and I do that? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't, you don't have a manual for me. I have to it's, write. <laughs> it's funny that uh, worship leaders, it's like, you have to have so many opposite conflicting brains to, yes. in order to, you have to have, be administratively gifted and creatively gifted. 
which doesn't ever work and and then go and you make it and make yes. it work. Yes. But. I, I had somebody tell me once because I, I am a, a creative, but I'm like a nerd when it comes to like <laughs> administrative, like organizations. I mean, if someone asked me about like our, project management software that we use called Airtable, I'd be like, let me tell you about it. And my husband just laughs at me. He's like, I love that your brain is this way, but he's like, you're, you're a nerd. And I had everyone in the room is like, don't ask her, don't ask her. (laughs) She's going to get excited and it's weird. Um, but I had somebody tell me once, like, you know, you are the most interesting artist you're kind of like a little of a freak of nature. Like I've never met an artist like you. And I'm like, you know, I think you meant that in a nice way. So Thank I you. will take Thank it you. that way. Thank, Thank you. you. I think. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this month we're talking about, uh, the reason I wanted to have this conversation with you is that because we're talking about identifying and training future leaders mm-hmm. and in the church as a worship leader, on staff at your church, or just in general, like how, kind of getting through that process. And you've really devoted your life, like we've talked about, and to not only just leading worship, but also training worship leaders. Um, and why, first off, why, are, why does that excite you? Like why it has to excite you in order for you to continue doing it? Cause, um, you obviously are excited about it. So why are you excited to train other leaders and why does that, and to help them thrive? Yeah. You know, I, I think it, it goes back to when I first started leading worship, I didn't have I didn't have anybody to really come alongside of me and walk hand in hand with me. It was literally like, you know, we need somebody and you can sing and play piano. So you can do it. And I was like, okay. And I had watched my parents lead worship when I was growing up, but I wasn't in on any of the behind the scenes. I just like showed up and played piano if they wanted me to. But so when I started on staff, I didn't have anybody to walk alongside of me. And I just felt like a fish out of water. I just felt like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm having to try to make it up as I go. And, and I learned so much through that process. And it got to a point where I started training other people and I started to see just this, um, really beautiful opportunity to give to other people what, what I didn't have. And I'm not mad that I didn't have it because it's what brought me to what I'm doing today. Absolutely. You know, because I did, I had to create all these systems and that's how my brain is wired, whether it's weird or freaky or not, it's just how my brain is wired. And so uh, I I created these systems and processes and just, you know, just um, her team dynamics and all of that. I had to write it all. And um, so I was excited to get to share that with other people. To, so hopefully they could start a few steps ahead of where I did. And, and I think more than ever in the last, even just the last few months, I'm realizing that that is so that they can keep their eyes on the most important thing. Amen. When when we can remove some of those tiny obstacles and those, they're, they're not, it's, just because they're tiny doesn't mean they're easy, <laughs> but those like weekly, weekly obstacles that they face if I can help them address those and, you know, automate them or make them, you know, more streamlined or efficient or whatever, it's like, that's not even the thing. The thing is that that allows you to focus on what's really important. And I just see such an incredible opportunity for the future worship leaders to, to 
lead and steward the atmosphere of worship in churches all over the world to a place that it, may, it hasn't been before. Like God is moving and working and I, I just want to do what I can to help walk alongside of worship leaders and help them, you know, do whatever they need to do to keep their eyes on, on, on the main thing. And hopefully that will allow them to train up the next people yep. and so on and so forth. Um, because, you know, longevity it doesn't, it's not like a choice that you make one day. It's like decades of choices every day. Yeah. Um, and so putting these things in place allows us to have longevity in ministry, which then allows us to train up the next generation. So that's what gets me excited. Oh my gosh. Did you ever stop and get a little overwhelmed by the fact that, because I, I I know sometimes this, I, I, this catches me where I'm like, we're training people to lead people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's, and then, and then, but God, and God goes, I hear the, 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 here's the ability to do that. First of all, first off, you have the ability to lead people to Jesus. Like that's a, like that, that blows my mind every, on a regular basis. But then you go, and I want you to help people know how to lead people to me. And it, it, it continues off. I sometimes have to stop and sit back and go, okay, okay. Don't get too overwhelmed by the process. Like it's such a big deal that the end game is people are meeting Jesus and, mm. and worshiping Jesus. And like, I just, that overwhelms me. I don't know about you, but that gets me going. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's such a huge um, responsibility, but that's not even the right word. It's such yep. a, it's such a huge thing that we carry and that a we mantle. Steward. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. A huge mantle that we, that we steward. And I think that it's, it's just a, it's, it's a humility check though, too. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but it's yeah. like a reminder that, you know, yeah, I, I'm a part of this, but also God's choosing to use me. He doesn't need me, Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. And, and so it's that, it's that balance of just a healthy, uh, awareness of that and, a, yep. and a, then a healthy humility that it, it brings about. I'm. Uh, I just finished a book by uh, Rich Stearns, who was the president of World Vision, and mm -hmm. uh, it's a book on leadership. And he said in the book, uh, "What God is accomplishing through you involves you, but does not depend on you." Oh, and wow. I was yeah. like, I I was driving and listening to an audiobook. I literally pulled the car over because I was like, I have to write that down. Wow. Because I'm like, because it's like just what you said. Like you're in it. It involves you but it doesn't need you, but it doesn't need you. In the, and yeah, so you have to remember, I can't rem remind yourself of that in the, in that yeah. season. Um, yeah. And with that kind of in mind, what are some rhythms that I can create in my ministry that can help others succeed? Like, how can I, as I'm a worship leader, listening to this going, I haven't actually, I want to do that, but I haven't maybe done that. What are some things is like, you know, how, how do I kind of create rhythms in my life and in our min my ministry to help that be a place where people can come in and yeah. succeed and be trained for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing that I always talk about is the importance of our personal spiritual development, right? Like as the leader, as people who are pastoring others, we need to make sure that we are investing. And I was just having a conversation with somebody recently, and it's like this interesting tension of like, people in, in the ministry, are like, yeah, I know, I know that's what I need to do. But like, if we're not held accountable to do it, we sometimes we don't or because not because it's like, 
you know, this malicious, like, oh, I just, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's for me anyway, it was sacrificing it on the altar of ministry busy. It yep. really was. It was like, the team needs me. The church needs me. Like I'm going to get there and devote everything I can. And I was just so wrung, you know, dry that I didn't even have anything left to give or even have the energy to feel like I, like, I felt like I needed to, um, you know, like I got to read my Bible and I have to do all these things. And I didn't even know if I had energy for that yep. because I depleted myself. And that was early on, you know, I was 20 and I just, I didn't have anybody walking alongside of me, giving me those like accountability checks of like, Hey, are you investing in you? Are you like refilling in your personal time? And so that's number one, because, you know, we've, we've heard this probably over and over again, if you listen to podcasts a lot, but it's, we can't lead somebody to a place that we don't go regularly. And um, if we don't know the map, then we're not going to take them there very well. And so that's the first rhythm that is so important because everything else hinges on that. Right. And, and so then number two is, you know, rhythms within your team. I, I think it's, I think it's really important for us to, you know, through the lens of like longevity and and pouring into the next generation. Well, you can't get there without taking these first steps of what we were talking about before with the systems or the administrative side of it. So ask yourself, like, what's my biggest pain point right now? Is it scheduling? Is it team member consistency? You know, is it conflict with, you know, like we're always having conflict within the worship team. Okay. So just pick one and figure out how to journey through that. So let's just say, you know, I was just on a call with some worship leaders and we were talking about uh, a healthy rhythm of rehearsal and the Mm. expectation of like, well, if I'm busy, can I just not come and just come Sunday if I promise to practice? Okay. Well, that's something that you as the worship leader, you have to decide you know, like what, what is that rhythm that you're going to put in place? What works best for your culture? Cause it's not a book we throw at people, right? It's not like these are the rules Yeah, <laughs> because they're volunteers, yeah. you know, like, like families and other jobs. And so it's nuanced with every church. We have to figure out what works. So what are these rhythms within your team that you're going to establish? Because what's going to happen is that's going to create a culture within the team that is thriving and healthy and that other people are going to want to be a part of. So you might think like, well, why does this matter? Every little deposit that you make in the culture of your team from a standpoint of just loving on them and communicating with them. And, you know, Jason, you and I talked in the past about clear communication when you were on overflow podcast. And, um, and so that investment has major dividends down the road because it's a snowball effect. Right. Yep. And so that's a less common, right? People don't think of that as well. How's that going to help me? Well, you know what? It's going to draw people to your team because they're going to want to be a part of this really cool culture of like family that you've created. And then you've got people to train, right? Yep. Then you've got people to raise up. And then the last thing is learning the art of delegation. 
And I talk about this in the the course that we created for the membership site called the Overflow Worship Leaders Startup Toolkit. And it is not what you would think because delegation a lot of times is like, oh, I'm just going to give away all the things that like I don't want to do. <laughs> this is awesome. And, you know, like parents delegating chores, like my kids are always like, you're just giving us the things you don't want to do. And I'm like, I mean, that's not true. I really did that. I, I would like give you the deep toilet scrub if that's, that's right. like yes. what I was going to do. But the art of delegation is actually so that you empower other people to mm. lead in areas where they are, they thrive. Like they are, they can excel. And I think that a mark of a great leader is one who, you know, does their thing really well and delegates everything else to people who might do it better than them. And so that's a humility component for us as the leader. It's like, okay, you know, obviously there's, we can't just say like, well, it can be for laziness. Like, well, I don't do, <laughs> I don't do structure. So I delegate that. No, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know what? Jenny over here is, she's a, she's a vocal teacher at school. Like she could help me with the vocalist because maybe that's not my thing. Right. Or maybe there's, cause so for me personally, like I, I don't play acoustic guitar. It's one of the things that I would love to pick up, but the piano is my instrument, but you know, leaning on somebody who like is excellent at acoustic guitar and saying, Hey, will you help me with the other guitar players. Will you teach me how to communicate to them or help me communicate to them? So empowering other people, because then guess what? All of a sudden down the road, Andrea wants to take a Sunday off. It they don't they don't even miss me, you know, because we've we've empowered others. So it's not so much about delegating unwanted tasks. It's empowering others and giving them a chance, giving them a chance to it, maybe they're not awesome at it right away, but you see potential in them yep. and you have no idea the impact that that could have on their lives. Cause you don't know what God's calling them to. And maybe your call is just to give them a shot when no one else would. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm just over here taking notes. This is so good. Like it, it, um, I love, I love the, the, how those, each of those points kind of feed into each other as you're kind of going, this is how we do things as a ministry and as a whole. Um, I know oftentimes in those conversations, it's really easy, especially about um, when you were talking about taking care of, like taking care of you as a leader. It's really, it's really interesting sometimes that we, as people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that. I got that. I got that. I don't, in my coaching calls, I have talked to people all the time where like we start with talking about taking care of yourself and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that part of it. And you're like, do you though? Like, is it, is it, I mean, is it really, and it's something that like, I know for me, I'm constantly like I'm constantly going back to making sure that I'm not leading from a place of emptiness because if that's where I'm at, I can't go out and train people. I can't go out and, and talk to people and I can't go out and work with people. And it's really easy to get behind that. And um, so, yeah, I love, gosh, I love those. I love all that scenarios. And so um, as if I'm now, if I'm uh, the person that, that I want to mentor is older than me. Okay. Mm -hmm. let, let, let's talk about this because this is going to come up. A lot of worship leaders coming in and people are coming into the ministries that just maybe be older than, maybe are older than them. Um, and that kind of might feel like the elephant in the room in the conversation. Mm -hmm. How can I mentor someone 
that's older than me. And how do I approach that conversation? Um, I was actually the, one of the churches I worked at many years ago. Uh, I am, had a had a scenario where the guy, there was a guy in the team who just kind of felt like he could continue to push because I was I was I was a third of his age at mm-hmm. the time. And uh, we had to like sit down and go, you can't you can't do that. And ultimately, I ended up leaving that position because it just wasn't it wasn't working like it was. And, and the the older part of the conversation took over uh, the fact that someone didn't want to listen to someone who was younger than them. And yeah. so from you, like, where would you kind of put that and how would you kind of approach that? If I'm identifying somebody like a future leader, but they just happen to be older than me, can I can I still mentor somebody that's older than me? How does that work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the I love that you mentioned the elephant in the room because my first response to that is okay, go like talk to the elephant, like just yeah. like, you know, address the elephant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to. You got to talk to the elephant, and because a lot of times, just like in any area of life, we put thoughts in someone else's mind that aren't there. Right. Like it's, and like in your scenario, it was there, right. Right, That was a very, it was a big, you know, concern, a big issue. However, sometimes it's, it's not there. They're actually like, they would love somebody to come alongside of them and just empower them and encourage them. Right. And, and so I think that is the first step is to just, um, not be afraid of the elephant in the room and um, talk to that person. Because if it's a matter of, you know, hey, I see leadership potential in you. Is that something that you would like to grow in? And I think that's a great way to start the conversation as opposed to you don't always sing on pitch. <laughs> I think you need to work on that. You Let know, me like, fix it. Yeah. <laughs> can I fix you? Yes. I, I worked with a just super sweet intern one time years ago. And, um, you know, he really wanted to become a, like a worship leader coach. You know, he's like, I want to do what, you know, you do through overflow or like what some of these other people do. Like, I just think that would be so cool. I'm super passionate about that. And he was like, I just know when I walk into a church, like I can fix everything. And I'm Uh, like, I know what you mean. However, you can't, because they might not think they're broken. Yep. Like we might like their systems. <laughs> so, you know, you got to be just so respectful of the house that you're walking into. And so in the same way, being so respectful of the person that you're approaching and saying like, hey, I really see leadership potential in you. Is that something that you want? And then you can guide the conversation from there because if they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Well, then you you can know like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this be. Yeah. And, but if they say yes, then I honestly, that maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm weird. I mean, well, apparently I am weird, but I would honestly address that from the beginning and say, like, I just want you to know that I respect you as a person. I respect you as someone who has more life experience than me. And so I, I don't ever want the, um, the age difference between us to become an issue. So, you know, it, how can we work with, in that, you know, how can we work yeah. with the fact that, you know, you're 30 years older than me or 20 years older. And I would imagine, I mean, most people like I'm rolling through in my mind. I mean, most people that I've had that experience with, it's a non issue, you know? So it really was an elephant in the room yep. and I was only insecure until I sat down and talked with them about it. And then I was like, oh, okay. And, um, that also sets the foundation for a healthy relationship with that person. 
I love so much. This is how my brain operates. And I'm glad that you're there too. Like communication just breaks it down. Mm-hmm. Like just, you just, I love the, I love just, you just address the elephant, just get it out in the open. It's no longer the elephant. We're talking about it. We're getting yeah. it out there. People are, it's open and you know, I see it. I know you see it, or maybe I showed it to you. And, um, yeah. but, uh, also you said the word insecurity and that just kind of sparked in me, like some of those thoughts can come from you're you're coming from a place of like it's a problem for me not a problem for you and yes. um kind of maybe we need to you know strengthen that area to kind of help grow in that space i've always i've always been a guy that was like i always operate older than i am and uh meaning like when i was a kid i was trying to do offering at the church and <laughs> and i was like i was like i want to be an usher and you're like you're you're six and i'm like now yes. as an adult i'm like <laughs> I would love to see a six-year-old be an usher at the church, you know, like it's like, that. how cool would it be to walk in and there's a little kid, you know? And, uh, but like having that, I remember being pulled out. I was trying to do ushering and they were like, you're too young to take, you know, to, to pass the plate. And I'm like, now as an adult, I go, I don't get it. What does age have to do with anything? And so I think some of those things can come from like, where, you know, what does your past look like and how are you carrying that mm-hmm. across? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that's, that's good. And um, now I feel like I'm always, I'm always pouring out and looking. I'm, I feel like I always am always pouring out and uh, looking to help others. Like, what should I be doing? What 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 should I be doing as like, I want to I want to I'm I I want to train somebody, but mm-hmm. like, what should I be doing to make sure that I'm ready to do that? Like, I we talked about it a little bit a minute ago, but like, if I mean I'm driving down the road listening to this podcast, going, yes, put me in, coach. Like, I want to help. I want I'm ready to do that. But first. Like, what are my first steps to make sure that I'm ready to be like to to, to jump in and actually be somebody's mentor, be somebody's yeah. uh, person that that's helping them thrive? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the number one thing to remember for me anyway, and I, I try to remain in this posture is to forever be a student. And that is something that, you know, I think naturally as we as we grow and as we get older and gain more experience there's sometimes a tendency to you know like I want to I want to be the smartest one in the room like I would like to be you know and and you know especially with with music and the creative arts and sometimes that can get a little bit tricky and competitive but if we remain a student and remain in that posture of like look I'm on a lifelong journey of learning as well. And when you exemplify that before the people that you may mentor someday, then they see that as the posture to model. Because if I ever, I say this all the time, if I ever get to the point where I'm like, I'm good, I think I know everything I need to know, then I have a big problem within me. I need to do a a check (laughs) with the Lord um, on my, my pride because there's always somebody who is, you know, further along in their journey than I am, who has different and more experience. And then there's always someone behind. And I read this book um, by Clay Scroggins called um, The Aspiring Worship Leader's Guide to the, or the, no, not worship, The Aspiring Leader's Guide to the Future. So it's generalized leadership. Yeah. But he talks about the importance of having people in our life who are upstream, who are downstream and who are right next to us. Like we need people who are ahead of us saying like, there's rapids coming. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then we need people who are next to us to keep us in community and company along the way and, you know, help hold us up when we're tired. And then we need people behind us who we can call out the rapids for. Right. And, and so I I think that it's important for us to remember that like, there's always got to be a posture of learning and um, being a student forever. So that's the, the first thing I would just encourage you know, anybody who's listening to bring to the Lord and say like, Hey, what can this look like for me? What does this look like for my life? And, and, and you know, for me, it looks like books and podcasts and audiobooks and, um, just trying to maintain an open, an open heart and mind, even when I'm in a situation where everybody's looking to me for the answers, you know, like everyone's like, well, she's in charge. So, right. you know, like, okay, but I, I'll lead with confidence, but what can I also learn, you know, from this situation? What can I take away? And so I think that is, um, you know, just a really huge part in addition to making sure that our spiritual lives are in, um, you know, a consistent rhythm and making sure we're investing like we talked about before. But I would say that's the biggest thing is just re- maintaining that posture of humility and that posture of forever a student because you will you will only help those you mentor more if you're continuing to learn, um, with, you know, on your journey as you go. Yes. And, ah, oh, man, are you, someone like you and like you and I, we like, we're, we're in a professional role of mentorship, mm-hmm. like helping people as part of what we do. And I think it's important to point out that a lot of, I've had this conversation with many people where they think, uh, like we've arrived somehow, or like we've, yeah. Like, oh, you, you, you know, you don't understand because you, you know, you, you just kind of, you already do it or you already get it. You don't get it. Um, but like, we are, you know, we're, we are in the process, just in a different space in the process. Um, I love the visual of the rapids. Like, that's just, you know, someone in front of you calling it out, someone behind you calling it out. Like, look what's coming ahead of you. And um, we are, I always, um, I always like to be, I was, I was, I always trying to remind myself, but always make sure that I'm reminding people who are around me, like, I'm not, I'm just, we're just in this role, you know, being able to help people, but there are people helping us to help you. And um, so it's just, yeah, I love it. It's so good. So good. So we call our podcast the table. Um, and I honest, I believe good conversation happens around good food. Yeah. And so if I was coming over to the Olsen house for dinner, what would be on the table? Like, what would be, what is, what does that look like? Yeah. Well, I actually love to cook. That's like my hobby. And so, um, when I, when you mentioned that you were going to ask me this, I was like, oh, yay. (laughs) Like (laughs) meal planning in my head. It's either that or software, whatever the, the... (laughs) I know like, oh, project management software. Food food or project management. Yeah. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I am a nerd. That's okay. Uh, I love um, it. Take, own it. It's great. Yeah, own it. I do. I do. Um, but we love, we love cooking because, um, in our family, we believe, like you said, that great conversation happens around the table, but it also happens in the kitchen yes. cooking stuff together. And so if you guys were coming over, we probably, because it's summer, we would, uh, fire up our big green egg smoker and we'd put on like a brisket or something like that. Let it go like all day. Be so good. Um, and then we are very uh, just kind of holistic in our approach. So it'd be like 
roasted crispy potatoes and like steamed green beans from our garden because we have our garden right now. Um, and then I would probably ask my daughter to make you guys scones because she makes really good raspberry white chocolate scones. So we that's probably what we would do. Wow. My brain can't handle that. Wow. That's so like... I mean, you just said green egg and my eyes lit up because the Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Maybe you're gonna make that two hour trek whenever you guys are in the area. (laughs) Give me 24 hours heads up. I'm you may have someone knocking at your door. That's gotta thaw the brisket, Jason. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I love I always ask that question because at the end of all the podcasts, because it one, I love it, but two, it's like you know, everybody has a very different approach to what they're eating. Or we've asked yeah. some people and they're like, oh, I would order out. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah. that's fine. But I like to cook. I mean, what about cooking? Do you cook? You know, or yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you what do you make? And I've kind of jo- jokingly said the table should put out a cookbook from all of the episodes of you should of, of all of the all of the food conversations we have. Um, but it's just such a good and white chocolate raspberry scones. My mouth started watering. Anyway, um, it's fine. We're all fine. It's fine. You got to go eat lunch now. That's but... right. I do. That's right. That's right. So, hey, how do we connect with you with Overflow Worship? Like everything you, you're you doing. Tell us about that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, if people head to overflowworship.com, that will kind of, you know, shoot you to the different things that Overflow Worship has to offer. And we're on all the social platforms at Overflow Worship Official. And, um, if you want to connect with me directly, you can also, um, hit up Andrea Olson music on all platforms and on the web. Awesome. And you guys do an annual conference. You guys doing that this year? Yeah, actually we have an exciting shift happening this year. So we do have a conference typically every October we've done it for the last nine years and, because of the growth of the membership site and the fact that I just really in my spirit felt like this tension of wanting to invest in those new members and invest in those people with my whole heart, but also wanting to invest in the in-person conference with my whole heart that we decided to postpone this year's conference into 2024 so that we could have the opportunity to um, really invest in our online members and be fully present with them. And actually in 2024, we are making the shift to a members only conference. So it will be all the amazing things of the Overflow Worship Conference, but even more intimate, even more tailored and you know unique for the people that are coming. So good. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I love that. Uh, I love that, that, that scenario and that, and I love that. It's good. I love it. Um, Hey, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate you uh, pouring in. Like I said, at the beginning, you've devoted your life to training worship leaders and that's not, that's not, that's not a small feat. And I know it's just your kind of your everyday life that you just kind of get up and excited about, about this, but there are worship leaders everywhere that are thankful for the gifts that you have pouring into people and, um, just the people that they get to go then lead and just you kind of start thinking about what the, the growth that comes from being consistent about helping others thrive. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. And thank you too. I just have had so much fun getting to know you over the last just couple months and seeing yeah. all that God is doing through you as well. I appreciate I love it. Everybody, thanks for hanging out today and we will see you guys next week.